Blog Talk Radio. California, welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show with your host, Shaw McCain. Hey everybody, I'm your host, Shaw McCain. I'd like to welcome listeners to the Paranormal and Sacred Radio Show. My show was created to provide an open-minded platform that welcomes the gifted and extraordinary thinkers from every walk of life and circumstance. Please follow the Paranormal and Sacred on Facebook for upcoming events and special speakers from around the world. Our show today is translating to many different languages, and we have listeners outside the country, and we're very proud of that. And also, the call-in number tonight is 619-924-9744. You can call in and listen, and you can also call and ask our guest tonight some questions. Uh, the Paranormal Sacred airs every Friday night, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, during the show, I can take questions in order in chat, and you may call in with your question and speak with our guest. Any buzz killers and chatter on the phone, sorry to say, you'll be kicked out. And uh, please play nice and be polite. Anyway, our announcements tonight are November 22nd. This is Saturday night. So tomorrow night, Zero International, 7 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. We're going to be at the Culver City Veterans Memorial Complex. The address is 411 Overland Avenue. And they're going to be discussing, uh, Julia and B.J. Davis discuss government cover-ups. It's going to be our topic tonight, too. Um, and this is some um, top priority. And uh, B.J. Davis is also the father of Brittany Murphy, and they're going to discuss what they think is her murder and that it's all involved with the government and everything else. Um, so we'll find out about that tomorrow night. That's your international. More information, uh, again, it's November 22nd, and the Veterans Memorial Complex, 4117 Overland Avenue, Culver City, California, 90230. Doors open to the public, 6.30 p.m. The program starts at 7 it says, please note there's additional parking across the street from the Culver City Senior Center, and uh, there is a street parking and everything. And then it says, please join us for a screening of the top priority docu- documentary, the, Ch- the Chair Within, followed by question and answer with BJ and Julia Davis, uh, producers and subjects of a harrowing, life-threatening harassment by our own government. Uh, tickets are available, or you can go to the door, but tickets are available at www.zerointernational uh, to get the tickets. And really, registration is recommended, but they don't turn you away at the door. I think it's uh, 10 15 bucks at the door. It's well worth it. And also, for those in the know, Zero Support Group is meeting at Huntington Beach location uh, on Sunday at the 23rd, and it's from 2 to about 6 p.m., and that's for uh, experiencers and those traumatized by uh, UFO encounters or things like that. So you can also get a hold of Yvonne Smith if you do want help and assistance for your uh, strange experience. And uh, she's an excellent and very kind person to talk to. But you can get a hold of her at www.serointernational.com. And then getting ready for Christmas, December 13th, 
we're actually going to have our annual holiday party aboard the Haunted Queen Mary in Long Beach. And that starts at 7. So uh, you get to the website and uh, put your tickets in there. It's going to be from about 62 bucks and bring a gift for a gift exchange. So if you want a gift, bring a gift. So that's going to be awesome and more announcements to come. And let's see, I have a, just an awesome person tonight who's a, stepping in from uh, South Wales. And uh, he's a pretty amazing guy and author. And uh, I'll read you a little bit of his bio. Uh, born in the United Kingdom in the South Wales market town of Abergevenie in 1970, you have to pronounce that for me, Jason was always fascinated by science and the unexplained. During the 90s, he researched a lot of UFO sightings, both in the UK and the United States. In 1995, he embarked on a road trip to the state of Nevada to learn more about Area 51. A massive fan of the X-Files Only 2 and Dark Skies, the science fiction Jason started to write in the early 90s, articles of various UFO and paranormal themed magazines. And in 2012, Jason discovered that Amazon Kindle Direct Publishing is set about rewriting the Angel Committee, developing the entire franchise focusing on the UFO phenomena and the government cover-up. So that's going to go on with our theme tonight. Jason has just started to write ongoing short stories, a series called Tales of Majestic, set in the wake of the Roswell incident of 1947, and it's also going to tie in with the uh, um, Angel Committee. And he's currently working on a sequel novel as well as developing many other projects for publication. He's on the UFO Paranormal Radio Network, and you're uh, more, more than welcome to go over there and listen to him, and he's going to tell us more about that. And now I'm going to be going to look for him. And uh, just uh, now, Jason, you press the Skype button and the Skype call. And uh, that's he's he's I think he's in the chat room right now. And uh, let me see what he's doing. Hold on a moment, please. Okay, he's trying to connect right now. So hold on. You know, he's pretty far away, and uh, we're trying to uh, get him on here live. So he's uh, getting in here. And um, just do it a couple times. And uh, Jason, if you can hear me, you can also reboot and start over again and come back in. And then I'll see you, and uh, he'll be connected. So let me see. So just be patient as we... Uh, you know, I was thinking about that Brittany Murphy thing because remember, she wasn't really, they didn't have a diagnosis on her and she died in her bathroom. They said she had some kind of electrolyte imbalance or something else, but I don't know the story yet. That's why you have to show up and uh, they're going to tell us all about it on uh, Saturday night. And uh, Culver City, it's a very comfortable location and uh, lots of refreshments and everything else uh, that you can get there. So... Um, let me see. I also found the uh, Jason's book um, over at Amazon. So it looks really uh, fascinating. And uh, I'm just waiting for him to get connected. Okay, let me see. You know, it's... um. The usual little technical thing, and I can't come in early and get this all set up. Come in when the uh, Blog Talk Radio lets you come in, and uh, so we got to work out all of our little issues. Right live on the radio. So I don't see him yet. 
Okay, Jason's... Okay, I'm telling him to reboot. Try again. Okay, I hope I don't have to go through this. Another night. Let's see here. I hear something. Please be patient. Okay, I'm still live on the air. We're just waiting to get our guest and scrape in tonight. So I'm just waiting for this. Just try when you get into the show. Um, it'll show me that you're in there. Because right now I don't see you, Jason. Opening up the screen. If I'm missing anything, you know they have to make this a lot, a lot simpler because. Uh, this is my second uh, person trying to do this. Okay, he's still trying, so just bear with us. Bear with us. Uh, as soon as I see him, I'll patch him in. He's not actually in the studio yet. Well, sorry, people. We're trying. Yeah, because I don't... um, I don't think I have a capability of calling you, Jason. I just don't have... I don't think I have the capability of calling out of the country. I'm going to refresh this window. Thank you for everybody for being patient. And uh, I've had people, you know. Okay, I see him. I see him. Can you hear me? Hi, Jason. This is Charlene on the Paranormal and the Sacred. How are you? Oh, thank God for that. I thought we were never going to connect then. I'm very well, thank you. That's good. You're live, and I'm, I'm really glad you got in. Uh, did you just have to reboot and start all over again? And I did, I did. I'm not. I'm you usually used to just making a direct Skype call, and this is a bit different for me. So you know, even though I'm tech savvy, I'm not that Skype savvy. Yeah. But good evening, I'm California. Getting... Good evening, and you're in South <laughs> Wales. I can't hardly believe this uh, modern uh, science is getting us uh, connected. It's so far away. So how are you tonight? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, it's thank you. Uh, it's two o'clock in the morning here, but I've got a nice hot uh, cup of black coffee by the side of me, which should keep me awake. <laughs> That's good, good. So welcome to Paranormal and Sacred. 
and uh, they're just so happy to be talking with you. And it does seem like our topic is, you know, government cover-ups and everything this weekend. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy to have you aboard. And uh, do you want to give us uh, your background and tell us a little bit about where you grew up, uh, your life, before you started uh, writing? Well, yeah, um, I usually pronounce uh, the town I live in. It's called Abergavenny. It's quite difficult to pronounce. Um, I grew up, I was born in Abergavenny. I grew up and I became fascinated with the subject of UFOs when I first watched Steven Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And I bought a few books on it and I learned a bit about the subject uh, over the years as I was growing up. Um, by the time I was 25, um, I really wanted to go and see Area 51 for myself. I'd seen all the uh, X-Files and all the documentaries on the area. And I did a lot of research on the area, especially, you know, as well as covering stories like Roswell. So I went out and saw Area 51. I was a little disappointed because I didn't see anything. And um, well, it inspired me. There, really. There's nothing out there to see. It, it, you know, I, I've said this before. It, it's it's a tourist trap more than anything. Um, you know, but uh, Nevada is a beautiful place. Uh, it's, you know, it's unique in many ways. But uh, I've been writing on and off for 20 years now, and I've really got into writing um, my book series now, which is partly based on government secret agencies and partly science fiction, just like The X-Files and just like shows like Dark Skies. Skies. And it's doing really well on both sides of the Atlantic. I'm getting some great reviews um, for it. And I just released the second part now, The Angel Conspiracy. And I'm working on the third part now, which I will be releasing early next March. So, you know, we're in sunny California. So hopefully Steven Spielberg's at home and listening to you. <laughs> I hope so. I really do. Because uh, <laughs> nothing I like better to see everybody succeed and, and get their work out there, especially on this topic, because, uh, you know, when I, I I am an experiencer and I have seen a UFO and, uh, you know, the first thing you do is clam up. So for me to have everybody writing and very interested in the topic and it's just exciting, you know, it's a different world now. It's It's still, you know, we're still looking for full disclosure, but we're getting closer. Yeah, well, more and more scientists are coming forward and stating where it's no longer, you know, mere science fiction, but there are life on other planets. I mean, since they discovered the first planet in 1992, Pegasus 53b, um, there's just been so much speculation now on uh, how long it will be before we uh, find life on another planet. And when it does happen, it'll certainly be a game changer for the human race. Right. So the Area 51, right? you know, it's for people that don't know, actually it's a desert. You know, it's, uh, you know, far-ranging land, and, and the uh, military has actually acquired even more of the land, so you can't really get as close to the site anymore. So uh, there's, uh, did you ever go to, over there to Roswell, New Mexico? I was on my way down to Roswell, but I, I didn't get that far. I would have loved to have visit, uh, visited Roswell, but um, uh, I, I had to cut short my travel plans, uh, uh, <laughs> basically because mm-hmm. I ran out of money. <laughs> uh, but, well, um, yeah, 
one day I will I will return there and um, I I would love to visit Roswell. I mean there are other interesting sites all over the U uh, the USA, including Dugway Dugway Proving Grounds in Utah, which I've heard a few stories about, but they could have the remains of um, crashed spacecraft there and a research lab and everything. Yeah, well every just keep in mind you know every Fourth of July weekend you know they have the Roswell. Uh, Whole conference and festival thing. That's a, that would be a good time to actually go. It's, it's hot, yeah, that, but it's uh, it'll be a time when everybody's over there. So a lot of uh, people in ufology are in speaking and you know schmoozing and everything else. Yeah, it would be it would be nice to go out there. I I would have liked to have gone to that citizen cheering uh, a few years ago in. Uh, in Washington, that I've seen many YouTube videos on that, and it, it was very interesting because what I found interesting about that is because the people who attended were from an era where UFOs were very much in the public eye, especially the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And I would very much like to really like to talk to some of them guys because the problem with the modern UFO era is that not a lot of um, stuff has happened over the last few decades. I mean, if we can look back on the last really interesting event, that would have to be Rendlesham Forest in Suffolk yes. in um, England, where uh, a UFO uh, reportedly landed and was uh, a couple of Air Force officers, American US servicemen, encountered something strange in the forest. The British Ministry of Defence have all have, have admitted that um, something landed or something was encountered on um, Christmas, over Christmas of 1980, uh, and they're still calling it a, a mystery. So, you know, regarding to governments on the whole UFO situation, there is there is um, there is interest, uh, although they deny it. Uh, there has to be interest because anything entering any airspace of any government has to be uh, investigated and a lot of these UFO reports, radar reports are still very much unexplained I believe the radar reports of um, the great uh, Washington UFO flap of 1952 uh, still very much unexplained and this is why I've set my book in that era because I think the UFO era of that time, the Cold War and what else was going on, is fascinating and it makes some good storytelling. It sure does. Uh, you know, I was born July 13th in that year and I actually lived on the East Coast and my mother, uh, before she had me, had had a sighting of like seven ships going over yeah, New well, York. It was July when that happened. I mean, it was July 20, 28th when Winston Churchill wrote his famous memo um, requesting information on UFOs. No, not a lot of people know about that, but it is in the National Archives. Um, I tend not to I tend not to go for mainstream UFO research. I like to scratch beneath the surface. And it's amazing what you can find when you do that. You know, um, I've always said there are three avenues you can pursue while investigating UFOs. You can either go down the road of these what I call so-called UFO evangelists who claim to know the truth if you follow them. Or you can go down the road of the mainstream guys like Nick Pope and Stanton Freeman 
uh, who, who do a lot of interesting stuff in the field. Or you can do what I do, just scratch beneath the surface and it's amazing what you find. I've turned up some pretty good things over the years. You really have. So uh, tell us some of uh, your uh, findings. Like what were your, uh, just just go for it. Just tell us some of your findings that you find the most interesting and that were, that gave you uh, uh, an epiphany. Or have you seen a UFO yourself? Um, as to date, I've not seen a UFO and I've not had any um, strange encounters with any alien beings. I know there are many people out there who have, but uh, yes. I have yet to, you know, th there are plenty of things to the, t to the untrained eye when you look up into the night sky, there are plenty of things that uh, uh, you can't readily explain, but the tr to the trained eye, most things are explainable. Um, the only strange mm -hmm incident what happened to me and this is what inspired me to um, write my book is back in 1995 before I went out to Area 51 I used to advertise in a, a British magazine a paranormal magaz magazine uh, just wanted to meet like-minded people who were interested in UFOs and as you can imagine I got a whole host of people contacting me Every, everything from people who believe what Atlantis is coming out of the sea again to, you know, people who believe in dragons. But there was one man who contacted me and he was quite old and he just requested a meeting. So I went along to this um, park in a, a quaint little English town. Uh, I was accompanied by my friend and it was very much like Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. We sat on this park bench and this man revealed to me about a secret group that Churchill ran during the 1950s who investigated UFO sightings. And it was a very fascinating story. And I remember walking away and saying to my friend, well, that was a really good story. And fortunately, that's all this man had was a, a very good story. And um, uh, a few years later, when the British MOD declassified UFO documents, that's when the Churchill memo came about. And that's when uh, the the Flying Saucer Working Party was revealed to the public. And I remember saying to my friend, I'm kicking myself now because I knew that several years ago, but I couldn't prove it. And that's what inspired me to go on and write The Angel Committee and The Angel Conspiracy, as well as Tales from Majestic, which tells the story from your your side of, uh, your point of view, um, just after Roswell and uh, leading on from Ros Roswell. It doesn't solely focus on that. But it focuses on the Majestic 12, which I find fascinating. I find that fascinating, too, uh, that uh, it's their real papers. I don't know how our listeners feel about that, but when I read them, there was such a ring of truth to it. So tell us what your findings are about the Majestic 12 and uh, what you're writing about there. Um, well, I think Majestic 12 uh, did exist. It may still exist, but as for who the modern-day members are, uh, I, I couldn't tell you. I do know that uh, um, George Bush Sr. is uh, reported to have been a member of Majestic back in the 70s and 80s. Um, and some of the uh, Majestic members died in the 1980s and would have handed the, the reins over to, to, to newer members. But as for who they are, I couldn't tell you. Majestic, it's not just the Majestic 12 reaches far further than just Majestic because you had all them 
scientists and everything connected, including Einstein and, you know, scientists like Oppenheimer, you know, Nathan Rosen, who would, who would have been called upon at that time, uh, should a UFO landed or crashed, to uh, examine wreckage because they were the most clever, you know, they, they were clever in their own right. I mean, they were Stephen Hawkins of their time. And Majestic, it didn't just focus on the 12 men. There are, Majestic is connected with Operation Paperclip and Project Blue Book and uh, projects like that, which I find very, very interesting. And, you know, I focus on the heyday of the UFO phenomenon because it is by far the 50s and 60s, the 40s, 50s and 60s, the by, by far the most interesting um, era of the UFO phenomenon, particularly the 60s when uh, US astronauts claimed to have encountered objects in space and possibly objects on the moon. And I think with technology becoming more and more advanced now, it's getting harder and harder to cover up this stuff. I mean, you've forever seen uh, videos on YouTube um, of objects passing in front of the moon or, you know, uh, alleged buildings on the moon. I'm, I'm not a 100% uh, supporter of that theory, but, you know, there's certainly, an, there's certainly a question what rings out for everyone who's interested in the moon, and that is, why haven't we been back there? And to be honest with you, NASA saying we haven't got the money or it's impractical is, a, is rubbish to me. Yeah, because uh, we just seem to be shooting missiles off all the time, and we just had that one thing uh, that attempted landing on the comet and stuff like that. Um, I think they already know a lot, and I think that's when it comes to disclosure. I think they do know uh, a heck of a lot, uh, and they're just not sharing it with us. And I, I resent it because the, we are the experiencers already know they're here, and uh, we've created support groups and things like that for help uh, because it is pretty traumatic when your whole uh, government is saying it doesn't exist yet. There's uh, things that are going on in your house, you know, and yeah. or outside in the skies or you know, whatever. It's very traumatic and it's very schizophrenic too, don't you think? It's like things are still done in the dark and uh, it's so medieval to me. Well, we, you know, we we live in we live in dark times and. You know, considering events going on around the uh, the world at the moment, I think, as I said earlier, disclosure of life elsewhere. It doesn't have to be so-called intelligent life, or, you know, to some it has. But just a, a blob of jelly crawling around on another planet would, would change everything for us. And I, I think that the core elite who cover up these kind of secrets are just afraid of telling everyone because... I don't think it's such mass panic because I think the the human race now, particularly Western civilization, educated for the last 70 years to the fact that we could not be alone. And they've been educated through documentaries uh, and through science fiction that there could be life out there. So I have a feeling when, when it does come to be announced what um, science has discovered life out there, most people will just shrug their shoulders and go, oh, we knew that already. What's new? There he Hello? Is and, uh, yes, I'm here. Yeah, sorry. Can you hear? Oh, yeah, are you I'm, still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, don't, don't panic. We're still on here. I can still see you, so it's uh, that means you're on here. So um, you 
you are talking about just so many interesting and fascinating cases. And uh, what what do you think the uh, so-called alien agenda is? Um, well, to be honest with you, that's the first time I've asked that, uh, been asked that question. Um, if 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 there are um, aliens living among us, um, I mean, you hear all kinds of stories about these so-called reptilians. Um, again, you know, when dealing with the UFO culture and the UFO phenomenon, uh, as a researcher, you've got to keep your feet firmly on the ground. And there are some there are some UFO topics. Uh, which I believe have been fabricated, and I I know I know um, a lot of people get annoyed when they say this, but um, the the I think the reptilian so-called reptilian race themselves have come solely out of that 1980s show uh, V, which was mm-hmm. about the the visitors. And yes. there are a lot of people out there who feel that these uh, reptilians have infiltrated our society. But most of them, all they've got is photoshopped images to show. There's, there's been no actual proof. I believe, I wouldn't be surprised if there were aliens among us. Um, I don't I don't dismiss people who say they've encountered uh, aliens uh, as lunatic. Um because so many people have had experiences, uh, particularly in the UFO abduction field. I mean, how many people, you know, how how come so many people have experienced uh, so-called uh, abduction experiences and are all described the same thing? I had an interview a few uh, weeks back with another radio host, and I said, I, I, I joked that uh, back in the 1980s when Dynasty was struggling for ratings, they brought out that whole Fallon UFO abduction storyline. And after that episode, X amount of Americans have claimed they've been abducted by aliens. I don't know whether you remember that episode. Uh, I think I do. Yeah. They were struggling for ratings, so they created this uh, story about um, Fallon getting abducted by aliens. I'm sure if you look on YouTube, you can see, you can, uh, see yeah, it, I can uh, watch uh, it again. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. uh I don't know how I feel about the the uh the lizards or the dragon people or whatever they are. I don't I don't know how I feel about that because but I have seen many very bizarre things and uh not one I would think of as uh you know, this um draconian kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. I don't I don't I don't know. They're all to me look like insects or bugs or uh let's see, uh in one How case a cat, another case a dog. You know what I mean? And the gray yeah. to me I only remember from my childhood that I was right, seeing yeah. some Oh right, yeah. Um you know, I I've said before what the grays the first um interviews, proper interviews, uh for Roswell where uh, people like The Undertaker and the nurse were interviewed and other witnesses to the bodies that were covered um, described um, small uh, alien grey bodies uh, which The um, Undertaker had to get coffins for. And it, it just occurred to me a few months back that 
descriptions of these grains never actually came to light. I've never read any cases before um, Steven Spielberg brought out Close Encounter of the Third Kind. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. saying they're, they're not real, but uh, science fiction has, a, has had a bad habit of fueling imagination over the years. That's what I said about uh, V. But I'm not saying about the grace because there are um, ancient paintings around the world, cave paintings of um, small humanoid creatures. So I think the alien grace, there may be something there. But, you know, as a researcher, I couldn't tell what that something is. I've never had it. Uh, as I said, I've never had any experience with any aliens. Yeah, I, I, uh, what I, but what I saw was not any spindly body or anything like that. Um, you know, if when I was a kid, to me they looked like silver, uh, kind of bullet-shaped beams with big black eyes, and and the rest of it is generally what everybody says, you know. But that's as a child because I started seeing these. Uh, and being abducted at the age of like four or five, and uh, but as an adult, I've seen you know other things. It's uh, it's uh, you know like a hummingbird. You know how they look? Like they have kind of big eyes and yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? I know. yeah. So and they kind of have green feathers. So uh, I but that's my interpretation of when I'm seeing something. So I'm sure subconsciously, you know, some people like me, I can only take so much. So I'm turning it into more of an insect when I look at it, or a bird. You know, if I was going to see what it really is, and you know, who can take it, really? Yeah, well, I was reading online the other night about um, people who um, said that they've seen praying mantis-type um, creatures. But, you know, we live in a huge galaxy, um, two or three hundred billion stars. I mean, People assume, because they've been fed shows like Star Trek over the years, that aliens have to be humanoid, two arms, two legs. <coughs> Excuse me, but I believe that there has to has to be life out there, such a di- diverse amount of life. It could be that there are non-humanoid creatures visiting this planet, intelligent ones, and um, taking people... And that's what these people are describing. Yeah. Are you feeling okay? <coughs> no, I just swallowed coffee the wrong way. That's all. No, okay. All right. So, um, you know, it's a it's a very uh, vast and interesting subject <coughs> that you uh, that you have, have hit on here, and I don't. I'm not sure that I would. Uh, I, I wonder about the people that are researchers and authors. And they haven't actually seen anything. And I know, of course, many of my friends uh, and people that I interview, uh, they haven't actually seen a UFO or anything else. But they seem to be very good at disseminating information and recording things, whereas the rest of us experiencers don't even write down our experiences half the time. You know what I well, mean? Yeah, so I think everybody has a, a place. Yeah, uh, you're right there, uh, Charmaine. Um I like to think back in the back in the nineties, I delved into the UFO phenomenon, and I was into it pretty deep. And um, I learned that you can't get anything too deep, otherwise you'll start believing anything you're told. And there are a lot of people out there who release disinformation, especially YouTube. 
I think YouTube has been the worst thing to happen to the UFO culture ever because there are so many people out there who practice um, making fake videos on their computers. And because there's nothing new come to light in the last few decades, some of these Facebook groups and Twitter groups are forced to just share around these uh, fake videos and fake photos. And I'm kind of trying to run, run a one-man campaign at the moment to stop this kind of thing. But because the internet is so big, it's just, you know, I'm just buried under all the uh, rubbish that comes through. I mean, I I look on Facebook every day and I someone even tried to pass off. I don't know whether you, you've probably seen that 1980s film, Roswell with Kyle McLaughlin. Yes, I have seen that. <clears throat> um, someone actually tried to pass off the other day uh, a clip from that film with the alien <laughs> grey is laying on the table as real and um, I was just hammering away at the keyboard calling a right. load of fraudsters and it, you know sometimes I think these groups do it purely to annoy people I don't know what they're doing it for because you know the thing is, is that a UFO is not going to stand still for you to take a picture of it. And the same thing with aliens. They're not going to, you're not going to actually go around a corner and catch them hiding in a corner and get a picture of them. It's, it's oh, oh, the, so can the, you the phenomena. I think the phenomena has a lot of mental uh, effects, too. I think they affect the person mentally. Let's say they walk into the room or before they come in, I think they can change your environment and change what you see and think you know, by yeah. some uh, strange power. So how in the heck are you going to get a camera or a photo of something that never really presents itself as it really is in the first place? Well, there was a documentary on a British TV channel last year um, which focused on the alien abduction um, experience. And this woman, she she made a lot of people look like fools. She said, I'm most likely to get abducted when I'm eating Kentucky Fried Chicken. So, you know, what does that tell you? You know, um, they seem, every time she orders a, a Colonel Sa Sanders Big Bucket, she gets abducted. And I think a lot of these TV shows really play down the UFO phenomenon. And they right. they disrespect those who have beliefs. You know, it, there's a battle going on at the moment. And, you know, if you believe in UFOs, you're a bit weird, but if you believe in God, you're perfectly normal. And you know, I I don't want to get into the whole God versus UFO argument, but mm -hmm. I, uh, obviously there is an argument there. But um, why why aren't you considered as you know a bit more weird if you believe that someone can walk on water and turn bread to wine, you know, uh, water to wine and perform other miracles? Yes. Um, you know, for some of us, um, I, I have had uh, many spiritual experiences along with uh, strange psychic phenomena and also uh, this UFO stuff. And uh, uh, Christopher Bledsoe and I have a very many common uh, commonalities to our experience. So we are, um, we do have a religious question in our minds, you know. So, but not everybody's like that at all. It's it's everybody's so individual and I think that people are chosen just because of that, not because they're similar, 
but they're dissimilar and they're unusual or have unusual talents or or things like that. And uh, everybody seems to kind of uh, understand in a deeper level uh, their role in this because we all seem to have a certain role or because uh, we're having discussions that are uh, so interesting uh, when we're talking to people that are investigating, I'm an experiencer. I mean, this is, uh, and we're having worldwide access, and it's just amazing to me. You know, I think this is how we're slowly waking up to the phenomena. What do you think about that? That's more, to me, like a, a slow awakening rather than just somebody landing on your front lawn. Yeah, I mean, uh, when you talk of disclosure and what you just mentioned, there are too many people out there who are expecting um, a scene from the day the Earth sits still where the, the, the alien spacecraft like, lands on the White House lawn. That isn't going to happen. Uh, disclosure will cut them with an announcement, but they've, disc- they've already, you know, when you talk about disclosure, disclosure has been going on for 20 years now when they discovered that, um, that rock from Mars, which they claimed to, uh, contained alien bacteria. I think that story started it all. And now more and more people, scientists and researchers are starting to come forward and nod their heads. I was watching a, an interview with Stephen Hawking today, all right, uh, and even Stephen Hawking believes that there is life elsewhere. He also says we're contacting the intelligent life elsewhere may not necessarily be a good idea. Um, but disclosure is happening gradually. But the powers that be uh, are still afraid to just come out right and say, yes, there is life out there. I think, I think um, institutions like the Vatican still hold a lot of power. Um, they have done for 2,000 years and um, people say, oh, no, they don't. But I think I think they still have to say on whether uh, disclosure can be happening or not. I think that we should all keep trying, and I think we should also uh, remember that we have a, a place there because uh, this experience uh, tends to alienate uh, those people, especially if they're criticized and are come down on too harshly. You know, because people have had some extraordinary experiences and and having I thank God that I have had witnesses with mine so I do have people that may or may not back me up I don't know people back out when you're, you're saying okay would you stand with me and tell them what you saw then all of a sudden they didn't see anything people can't help it it's just such an odd phenomenon even though we've been dealing with this for like you said what 67 years now and still yeah, well, I mean if you want to delve into the whole ancient alien things we've been dealing with this for thousands of years I mean the Bible is riddled with stories about encounters with heavenly beings and translated that could easily turn out to be uh, alien beings from uh, long ago. I mean, there are, there, are, there are many stories throughout history of people seeing things that they can't explain. Um, what you just said about people too afraid to come forward I don't think anyone should be afraid anymore because there's nothing to be afraid of. Um, you know, the only the only thing to fear is the media 
And I think the media is losing its grip now because the media have a bad habit of playing down this whole UFO, this whole UFO thing. And they have a bad habit of um, making it into a joke. But I think even the media has started to lose its grip now. There was a fascinating story in the, on the news the other day. I don't know whether you saw that large explosion in Russia, uh, yes. which happened in the sky, the way the sky lit up like that. Uh, they're saying it happened on the ground, but to me it looks like it happened in the air. And with um, events like that happening all around the world, it's getting harder and harder to cover up now. We live in the age of 24-hour media where everyone has a camera at hand because it's on their smartphone. You know, and, even think- I was, it's weird you said that because I was just thinking the other day, if we wouldn't have caught that meteor flying in and breaking out all the windows and uh, crashing in over there in Russia, everybody caught it on their phones. Remember that? We, yeah, would, yeah. we would say, we would think it was an anomaly, but when you saw it for yourself, yeah, it did happen. It was a big, huge boom, yeah. you know, and it blew yeah. out everybody's window. You know, it's just like <sighs> we're being able. A lot of people were injured uh, with that. I don't think they really found a meteor as well because it burned up. I think they they allegedly found a, a few fragments. Hello? You're still there. Charlene? Charlene, I can hear you, but I can't. Can you hear me? You're gone. Hello, Charlene. I'm back here. Hello. Can you hear me? Hi, yeah, we got disconnected and uh and I just uh very just I'm here, I'm back. It's just very strange. I don't know. I don't know how to control this whole this whole world of this internet thing. Anyway. I'm back. No, no, it's a bit confusing. I just put your radio player on so I can hear you playing twice in my head, so I just paused it. Hey, go on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's uh, keep uh, going on with what we were talking about. Um, the Russian thing. And, yeah, the uh, Russian stuff, thing. So, uh, stuff like this is so hard to cover up. Now, I mentioned this uh, the other the other day when I posted that video of that uh, mysterious explosion or whatever it was, what happened over Russia. I mean, funny enough, it was in the Siberian region anyway, and that is where the great, um, I think it was 1908, Tomansk blast took place, which uh, yeah. leveled a lot of trees back then. And there are some. Well, they think it was a blast from Tesla or something. <laughs> 
Right. Now, you know, I keep hearing a lot about this Nikolai Tesla, but I've, I've, I've never really um, looked into him, but he was a lot, people say he was a, very much a pioneer of his day, and he was sort of like a man out of time because he was very forward thinking with uh, electricity. I've, I've often heard, I've got a book called um, UFOs from Behind the Iron Curtain, and there were a lot of Russian scientists believed at the time that the explosion could have been as a result of antimatter, perhaps um, an antimatter-powered spacecraft um, attempting a landing and um, not succeeding, exploding. Hello again. Yeah. Yes, oh, I'm here. We're having a couple yeah. of uh, lags and stuff like that, but uh, keep going. Cause you know what? You sound you sound even better. It sounds good. Oh right. Um, yeah, there are a couple of um, scientists out there who believe that you know the Great Siberian Tunguska Blast could have been a, an alien spacecraft attempting a, an emergency landing but failed. Uh, like I said, there, there's a lot of uh, events in history. Um, they reckon that I mean, if you look back into the Bible, they reckon the story of Sodom and Gomorrah where the city was wiped clean by the wrath of God could have actually been a, a nuclear explosion. Uh, I was reading today, actually, uh, on a British newspaper, uh, Daily Mail website, uh, there's a conference being held. Um, I'm not sure where it is. It's in America somewhere. And a scientist claims that um, there's an actual Martian war on Mars many years ago, and that the Martians were destroyed by um, other aliens. I'm just, I wonder about that because there are a lot of strange structural anomalies on Mars, and Mars acts really strange. You know, it does seem to have seasons and things like that, and I think uh, Mars was one of the planets nearest to us that they thought we'd have life. And I think they have, have, uh, didn't they first start investigating Mars like in the 70s? And uh, whatever samples we have from uh, the moon or Mars, it's like uh, there's some slight amount of amino acids, but we don't really have like proof of life there yet, except these strange uh, things that are, I don't know, like the, you know those black trees that seem to come up and down? Like yeah, they are, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a, a physicist called um, Dr. John Brandenburg, which is who's given a talk in uh, Illinois tomorrow on the theory of how the two nuclear explosions on Mars could have wiped out two separate races uh, called um, the Sidonians and the Utopians. Uh, I believe Sidonia is where the pyramids of Mars are located as well as that face of Mars. And that, again, that is yet to have been um, disproved by anyone. I mean, regular science say, well, you know, you're looking down and there are plenty of things which look strange, but they've got plausible explanations. But this guy seems to think that many millions of years ago, um, the Martians could have been wiped out. Well, I I don't, you know, since I don't know, um, you know, people, we've thought about, uh, let's say, um, there's one theory 
that I have just heard that that actually what we see as aliens are actually from here. And that's why a lot of people describe their biology as insectoid or animal or anything, that they're actually getting their biology from here anyway. Yeah. Have you, have you heard that yet? I've heard a, a, a lot of a lot of stories over the years uh, related to alien abduction, and you know, you mentioned the alien agenda earlier, and how these aliens may be coming down and either breeding with us or taking our DNA um, back to somewhere else in the galaxy, and perhaps spreading the DNA around and creating these so-called hybrids that we keep hearing about, and. Perhaps Mars at one time could have contained... It's plausible now what Mars could have contained intelligent life. You know, I've always said the fact that we're here definitely proves that there could be other life out there, intelligent life. And, you know, the whole Mars thing is um, could be proof of that. At the, at the moment the general public only goes off what they're being told by the government. And as most people know, you can't trust what the government say, as well as NASA and these scientists. I was watching a documentary a few weeks ago, um, a, a physicist called Brian Cox, who is um, quite well known in this country. Um, he's very popular. And he's kind of like the rock star of physics. And um, he was saying that there could be life out there and there couldn't be life out there. I mean, my opinion on that is that um, everything happens for a reason and everything happens is a pattern. I mean, on this planet, we've seen life reproduce over and over and over again in many different forms. So why cannot that be the same throughout the entire galaxy and beyond our galaxy? Yes, and um, I, I just uh, I just find it uh, ongoing every day. You know how people are dealing with this ongoing and every day in their in their lives. That um, actually, this is what this is what I do. I just compartmentalize it so I could just keep going on because I have a full time job. You know, and I, I actually have two jobs that I'm working, and uh, you know I have to actually go to work and be a, a person and a citizen of the world and everything, you know. So I don't actually put in a box like I used to. I do, uh, you know, vent more and stuff like that. But actually, I just can't, can't, uh, you know, have this in the in the mainstream conversation, really. Because I don't think it's mainstream yet. It's mainstreaming. Uh, yeah, I, you know, when you, when you discuss... Um, subjects of the, you know, the paranormal or UFOs, a lot of people do shrink away from it. Again, it's because of the mainstream media playing things down. Um, I've been very lucky uh, throughout my life, although in the early part when I did start doing research into UFOs in my in my 20s, um, I did used to get a lot of uh, flack from people who used to laugh at me and uh, make fun. And it used to really wind me up. But now, like you, I have a, a day job. Um, mm -hmm. I think you find that most UFO researchers do. I mean, for anyone who believes that people like me, all we do is spend all day looking up at the sky. No, we don't. We 
We go to right. the regular nine to five job just like everyone else. And right. these days, I don't get laughed at so much. A lot of people will come up to me and they will talk um, about subject of, you know, whether it be a government conspiracy. You know, um, even at my work, when we're all sat there watching the news and something comes on, everyone will just look at me and say, what's your opinion on that, Jason? <clears throat> Which is great. I think that's good. I think it's, it's really great because they're actually, you're actually now an author. So once you start publishing books, I think you are taken more seriously. Uh, and then uh, you're you're going your own approach, which is unique, and which is I appreciate too, because everybody's going about this their each their own way. You know, they're not we're yeah. not following carbon copy right after everybody else. So I do find your work really interesting and uh, unique to yourself, and that's very exciting too. You know, and the, yeah. but you've got now now you got your cred. You're getting your street cred. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it's great what I've been doing. I mean, I'll tell you something now, Charlene. I could have written 20 fact-based books on UFOs, and that was my dilemma when I started off this project. I did write a book um, in 1992 called Behind Closed Doors, which was about the British end of the UFO cover-up, but there was very little information around at the time. So, you know, it wasn't a very long book. And I couldn't get a publisher back then. But in the modern era where we live in now, I I could write 20 books on UFOs. But the only trouble with that is that most people who have read books on UFOs would have just shaken their heads and say, you know, I've read all that before. You know, why bother writing that book? So this right. is what I'm trying to do with the, the, the Angel Committee and the Angel Conspiracy and Tales from Majestic is that someone told me the other day that in regard to UFOs, a lot of people who are outside the, uh, the mainstream UFO field, and these are people who watch shows like The X-Files, Dark Skies, Spielberg's Taken, are in love with the idea of conspiracies and cover-ups and aliens. And what better way to tell a story and to make it into a drama, which is what I'm doing with the, the Angel Committee. The Angel Saga, as I'm calling it now, because, you know, this is a saga. It is going to take place over 70 years. And, uh, you know, I'm going to keep on going with it. <coughs> I know, I think it's great. And uh, what do you uh, think of, um, let's say... How many people, let's say out of 10, do you think are now being abducted? Um, yeah. That's a difficult question. Do you think, um, it, yeah, I'm thinking um, I now talk to more people than ever that will say, you know, I've had this weird experience or or something like that. Um, didn't, there's been many surveys uh, taken in America where, Half Americans have um, claimed they've had some kind of abductions experience. So one in ten comes down to one in two, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And uh, let me see. I wonder what the surveys are saying. The survey, you know, I mean, you, you take surveys with a pinch of salt, but you know, so many people are seeing some uh, things. I mean, there are a lot of people in this country who believe that 
you know, they've, they've had encounters uh, with alien yeah. beings. And there's a lot of support groups in this uh, country uh, for that kind of thing. I'm Myself, I'm not an ex- expert of, on alien abduction. I don't know why I've yeah. always avoided the subject. I think when it comes to alien abduction, there's, for for most part, it's so tempting to, you know, and I, I've seen some pretty nasty things posted online um, aimed at people who claim they've been abducted. And uh, it's pretty horrendous out there. Uh, there's a lot of trolling going on. And I think it's very unfair um, what these people are being targeted and ridiculed and, you know, yeah. you know something's going on. <clears throat> yeah, there there is something because there's now uh, so much hatred between uh, investigators or people are being uh, targeted or or whatever. Uh, nobody's uh, perfect, but I find that people are kind of fighting among themselves. I don't even know what the argument. I'm kind of out of that whole loop, I guess. So I'm not going to argue yeah, with uh, anybody. I'm just going to be myself and talk about my experience and things like this. So according to the National UFO Report. Uh, reporting center, they're reporting 165 new and uh, you know written out uh, sightings a, a week. Is that Nick? Yeah, this is a uh, set up by is, um, uh, Roscoe is, Hillen. Sorry, go on. <clears throat> no, uh, uh, let me see. It doesn't say. It says dedicated to collection dissemination of objective UFO data. So they're just uh, putting it out there. And uh, so this is like all the time. I guess uh, Peter Davenport uh, is the one who's who's talking. He's going to be on actually tonight at 10.15 p.m. on uh, Coast to Coast. So Peter Davenport is going to be reporting a lot of stuff uh, tonight on Coast to Coast. I've been trying to get on Coast to Coast for ages, but uh, they're not answering any of my... Well, they're not. They're not. You know, uh, you're not the only one who's told me that. A lot of people are telling me that. I think they have a backlog going on over there. I you think, know, and, I uh, think t- trouble with coast to coast. It's mainstream, and um, yeah. they, you know, everyone loves coast to coast, but they will only have a select few uh, people on there. It's like these UFO documentaries you see on the History Channel and the Discovery Channel. You'll see the same old. Um, researchers on there all the time. There's, there's nothing new. I mean, uh, you mentioned about um, a lot of infighting in the the UFO yeah. culture, and you are right. I mean, my, my general opinion of the whole UFO culture at the moment is it's shattered beyond repair. I mean, you've got this one UFO researcher saying, I don't like that guy because he said that. I don't like this guy because he said that about me. And the powers that be are sitting back laughing because, in my opinion, as far as cover-ups are concerned, the powers that be are winning the war at the moment. And they are winning good because there is nothing surfacing um, at all at the moment. This is why I'd like to speak to some of them older guys from the uh, UFO conference in Washington a few years ago. Because mm-hmm. I've said this before, there are plenty of people ex-servicemen from around that era. I mean, when you consider the whole Roswell UFO crash, how many people were involved in clearing up the wreckage and other things like that? You're telling me that not one person looked around to see if anyone was looking and slipped something into his pocket. 
Um, I believe somewhere sitting in a, a dusty old attic, whether it be in the United States, United Kingdom, or in the Soviet Union, the former Soviet Union, there's a treasure trove of information waiting to be found. I mean, you took there's, there's stories about encounters. President Eisenhower is rumored to have encounters with UFOs and major encounters between military personnel and UFOs back in the 1560s. They must have had that on film somewhere. If you can picture the, um, the scene from Close Encounters where J. Allen Hynek appears, he's got his pipe in his mouth, uh, head of Project Blue Book. Um, if there are uh, scenarios like that have happened over history, then they must have captured it on film. And I'd love to get hold of some of that film footage. <clears throat> well, I think that they're going to, uh, uh, you know, because what's happening is right now you can scare people by uh, by just terrorizing them, uh, calling them a nut, uh, you're lying, and all that. It can kind of shut up some people unless uh, unless they're pretty much out there and pretty assertive, and they're going to keep telling the story. But you know, uh, it's, you know, a lot of the stories. And some things that start on far fetch, you know, turn out to be true. Because I was reading, like, let's say, uh, a big conspiracy. There was this thing with a conspiracy, and it, and it turned out to be the truth. You know, like, remember the, the syphilis experiments and the Tuskegee's? Uh, they were saying, oh, they would never do that to their people. Yes, they were doing that to the people. And that turned out to be true. And uh, the testimony <coughs> of, like, this one poor girl... They're talking about the uh, Iraq uh, and Kuwait. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you remember that little 15-year-old girl that was giving testimony saying that the Iraqi soldiers were killing like 300 babies in a, a hospital and things like that. And they were saying that she was lying. It turned out that she was telling the truth. I mean, these things sound uh, uh, far-fetched and it couldn't happen. People are even saying that the thing that happened, you know, with the Nazis and all that, that isn't true. They made that up. Um, I think well, it's just... Some people still believe the world is flat, so... Well, there is the Flat Earth Society. Um, I think yeah, you can find really them online sometimes. But, you know, I mean, in regards to history, I mean, obviously, I, you know, I, I, there are certain subjects I avoid. <clears throat> I think in regards to what the Nazis did, I think we all know what they were capable of and what they did to um, a lot of people. And, you know, not want to get too political... It wasn't just Jewish people that suffered. It was millions upon millions of people that suffered during the war. You know, other people, other minorities were put to death in on death camps, you know. And I think sometimes they get forgotten about, you know, especially people who were disabled, you know, um, people from a, yeah. a Romany background, gypsies, and people with learning difficulties they were all seen as imperfect and they were all just wiped out. So, you know, the, the Germans did far more than um, what, you know, we focus on. History tends to focus on one little thing and one little thing only. Um, and, you know, in my short story series, Tales from Majestic, what I try to focus on, what I'm focusing on is People's opinion of World War II is we won, and that's all you need to know about it. But what people don't realize is Germany was just left in utter ruins after the war. And there were a lot of people that just kept on suffering after the war, especially when 
Germany was split in two, the Berlin Wall went up. I mean, there is so much history, but it's just been whitewashed over because, you know, the powers that be may not think it's interesting enough. Not interesting. It's a phenomenal thing that we have to keep, you know, keep remembering. It's like something that we can't forget. You know, when when uh, people are are going off and uh, going off to camps and people are watching them go, then, oh, I, I don't know, it's it's so deep to get into, you know, it's very upsetting. But, you know, these people are still alive. It's not like uh, there's people, of course, from this whole thing that are still with us. Yeah. It's not yeah, all gone yeah. away. And some of the survivors are still with us. So it's not like it's just imaginary. No, no, you're right. You know, a, a lot of things, you know, I've often said that the, the, the British history is stained with blood because, you know, the Brits, you know, we, we tried to colonize you guys over there, but we put you fought back in uh, 1776 with it. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, <laughs> <that's>, uh, <laughs> you know, you did have to bring uh, that up. Uh, you know, no, go ahead. you only won because our oh, King George was going a bit mad at the time. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> British history is stained with uh, blood. And, you know, when you, you know, I don't want to go off too much on a tangent, but when you consider there's been cases that's come out of Iraq of American soldiers abusing Iraqi prisoners, and also British soldiers abused in Iraqi uh, prisoners. We're not, we're no angels, you know. You know, we, we claim to be the good guys in the world, but, you know, there are instances where we are not the good guys, you know. And any any intelligent race uh, watching over us, it, it's little wonder why um, they haven't really had any direct contact with us, because, you know, given what we do to each other in the world, you know, they're probably intelligent enough to know that a majority of us are, uh, are ready. But, you know, the powers of be are still in control of the masses. I, th- I think it's a load of rubbish when they say that when this full disclosure happens, society will break down. It will not break down. It, you know, it will survive. We, we survive far worse than, you know, disclosure. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this, uh, you know, it just brings a lot of uh, uh, things to mind that we just have to keep talking, keep writing, and uh, keep discussing this because it's uh, this is the most phenomenal, huge thing that has hit mankind, and half the people seem to be sleeping or lying or making up stuff. You know, it's yeah. so important. I don't, I don't know why this particular subject, except because, you know, the government has, uh, sent out uh, very crazy information and, uh, you know, made fun of it and uh, scared people, you know, because when I first came out was in the 80s uh, with my story, I reached out to uh, Dr. John Mack at Harvard and he wrote me a letter and told me where to get help. He believed me. And that's how I actually started, you know, on this adventure. Uh, but, you know, as I get older, I'm really determined just to be myself and talk about anything I want and enjoy my freedoms. You know, because people are actually letting their freedoms slip away from them just because of ridicule or people brushing this away. But this is going to be the, the hugest topic of the in the history of the world when they start landing on the front lawn. 
Well, yeah, they already so. are landing on the front lawn, yeah. but you know we just can't see them. Yeah, uh-huh. yes, damn cloaking devices. Um, yeah, the, you know, um, I think I think a majority of people are ready uh, to be told whether we're alone in the universe or not. Um, because you know, we, I I said about the the, the Vatican being a still a, a powerhouse of the world, but I think it. It knows itself that it's losing grip on um, its hold over people. Uh, yeah. You know that their, their, their belief in a, a, a creator. Um, I was having a <clears throat> conversation with someone a few weeks back, was saying, well, actually there is room for aliens and God, and uh, we were going on about intelligent design um, that the universe could have been designed by an intelligent being, and funny enough. Dan Brown, uh, his book, Angels and Demons, touches on that subject right at the beginning because Angels and Demons is set in the the Swiss laboratory, that um, particle accelerator soon. And um, it discusses the theories that, because at the time when they did that experiment, scientists were saying that many universes could have been created while they were firing all their photons around. And so that start off the whole argument of then, well, if we can create a mini-universe, how do we know we're not flying around in a particle accelerator ourselves, you know, created by someone else? Therefore, there's room for intelligent design. Yeah. Right. And I mean, it's a bit deep. Design... It, is, it is a bit deep, you know, and, you know... Uh, it, you know, you just need to scratch the surface a bit because, you know, a, a trouble with, um, you know, with some of these talk shows, it can be very easy to run away with yourselves and go over the heads of your listeners. And, you know, it, like I said, it, it's important to keep the feet on the ground and try and make yeah. everything as sound as, you know, um, simple as possible so that people can digest it. I think these days, particularly with the UFO cultures, you know, going back to the subject of infighting, uh, we're getting bombarded with way too much now, um, especially these UFO documentaries are just, you know, just bombarding us. And, you know, we're not really digesting it. We're just, it's literally bouncing off us back into the TV set. And, you know, you know, you, you find yourself arguing with this researcher or that researcher I think there's a, a a new TV series started on now on US TV. Uh, with uh, are you familiar with Nick Pope? Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Nick Pope, the um, former Ministry of Defence man, and uh, he's he's not hosting it, but he gives a series of interviews. Um, you know, on on UFOs. I don't know whether you've had him on your show. Um, not yet, not yet. But Peter, I've had Peter Robbins and Grant Cameron, and uh, just uh, tons of people, and I'm just grateful for them because uh, you know they're really out there, sticking their necks out, and uh, traveling all over and meeting with everybody. And uh, you know, it's 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 quite uh, you know Steve Bassett, of course, who's right out in the forefront, you know, duking it out, and uh, you know, I've, you, I've you met- it's just. You mentioned NICAP earlier, um, the national. Um, uh, did you know NICAP was 
originally one of the founder members was Roscoe Hillencotter, who was one of the Majestic Twelve group. I did not know that. I just yeah. found it interesting, Paige, that looked like it was, ser- you know, pretty seriously just uh, recording what's going on. So I had no idea. That's strange. No, if you, you, know, if you look... If right. you look up Roscoe Killer Hillencotter uh, online, the WikiLeaks will come up, and uh, he's one of the founder members, or the the chairman, or chairman of the board, or whatever you guys call it over there, because um, it was set up in the. Is it the? 60s? How do you spell his last name? Oh. Um, <clears throat> Roscoe. Roscoe, right? Um, H I double L. E N K E O double T E R. Helen Carter. That's Helen Carter. I. You know what? I'll um, send you the link now. On. Um, yeah. I'll send you the link now. Yeah. Thank you. It's uh, just uh, very. Uh, okay. So you know what I got? And I got a. I put him in Roscoe Henry. Helen Carter, the third director of post-World War II CIG group. He was, Roscoe Helen Carter was the first um, CIA director of the, uh, the, the first director of the CIA. Um, board member of NICAP, the National Investigation Committee on Aerial Phenomenon. Um, it was formed in 1956, which had been less than 10 years after the Roswell incident. And um, and it was formed on October the 24th. So I find it interesting that um, Roscoe Hillencotter, uh, alleged member of this um, Majestic 12 group, was also one of the heads of a UFO investigation group. I've often thought at the time that NICAP may be the, the clandestine public CIA arm for UFO investigation. And gathering it off. Okay, okay, so your <clears throat> information is correct. This is board member of NICAP. The National Investigators Committee on Aerial Phenomena was formed in 1956, with the organization's corporate charter being approved October 24th. Helen Cutter was on the NICAP's Board of Governors from 57 to 62, and Donald Cahoe, director and Hidden and Cotter's Navy Academy classmate wrote that Harry Cotter wanted public disclosure of UFO evidence. Perhaps Harry yeah, Cotter's well, best uh-huh. statement on the subject was a letter to Congress, as reported by the New York Times. Behind the scenes, high-ranking Air Force officers are soberly concerned about UFOs, but through official secrecy and ridicule, many citizens are led to believe the unknown flying objects are nonsense. I mean, this is exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, Donald Kehoe is another uh, interesting uh, uh, character. I mean, he was involved in uh, UFOs as well. Um, he wrote a couple of books, and he was, you know, he was very popular at his time. There's, you know, you've got Majestic 12 over there, and you've got this NICAP run by, um, uh, started by Hillencotter, who was a member of Majestic over here at the time, you had the Flying Saucer Working Party. Now, it was thought that they were disbanded 
um, in the 60s and no one ever heard of them again. I have a theory that the Flying Saucer Working Party became the Flying Saucer Review, which still exists today. And it's a, a monthly magazine and it's run by a, which I, I, I call them the, the Majestic 12 of the British UFO um, uh, culture because um, these guys, they have a website and everything. And if you look at the Flying Saucer Review website, Google it, uh, their research goes right back to the 50s. And um, they had connections with Prince Philip back in the 1950s, who had a royal aide who used to send out to investigate UFO sightings during the 1950s. Um, he was called Peter Horsley. And I've actually included him in the Angel Committee. I've got him as a character. A lot of my book... My book series contains a lot of real people that actually existed and were involved with UFOs at the time. I did notice that. I was thinking, I think these characters are real when I was reading just a few pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, only the main character, like Professor Ralph Frederick, you know, he's based on uh, Dan Brown's uh, Robert Langdon, I guess. Uh, kind of cross between Robert Langdon, Sherlock Holmes and Agent Mulder, because he's He's very much a skeptic at first, and then he has his first proper UFO encounter. But, yeah, there's a lot of characters. What I'm trying to do with my book series is take characters who existed back then and work them into the storyline. And where I'm going with Tales from Majestic is I'm just about... I'm going to be releasing the second season next year, and um, it's set in 1949, and I will be going over the death of um, James Forrestal, the first Secretary of Defense of the United States, who committed suicide in 1949. And they reckon that was all connected. There are those who reckon it was connected with Roswell because he wanted full disclosure back then. Yeah, do you, uh, you know, your books, you sound like they would make a good movie series too. Have you, uh, it's, it's so hard to, you know, shop this stuff around and get it to the right spots, you know? So, uh, have you been approached about anything like that? or I would love to get approached, but uh, no one has approached me yet. This is all about word of mouth. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, ask you, you know, I ask your listeners out there to put the word out about the Angel Committee, especially in California. There are three, there are three or four films doing the rounds at the moment on alien abduction and alien cover-ups, but the only trouble with them, with them films is the whole alien abduction thing, these new age filmmakers are starting to turn into horror stories. There's one called Extraterrestrials at the moment with uh, actor Michael Ironside, who was originally in the TV series V. And um, it's like the Blair Witch Project meets, you know, the walk in the evil dead. It's, I, think, I think some of these stories and films need to stick to more, not so shocking, you know, sequences to, to to get the audience talking. But, you know, in the heydays of the X-Files, the, the mere mention of government cover-ups and Agent Mulder investigating them sparked huge debates. I mean, I used to go around all the conferences in the, U, the UK, the conventions, and everyone used to mention the X-Files. And um, it's amazing what you can um, do just on the back of a TV series. I think the whole UFO culture for a time in the 1990s rode on the back of um, T 
TV series like The X-Files and films like Independence Day where put Area 51 right in the foreground, right in the front. Right. Hello? Hello? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. Um, I just was scared that you dropped again because I wasn't able to see everybody. So, uh, go uh, go ahead, and uh, I just thought that was, that was uh, very interesting, and I've actually found your spot on uh, Flying Saucer Review, and yeah, yeah. Uh, this has been a long-established paper since uh, the 50s. Yep, yep. Some of them, some of these groups have been operating, like like I said, the, the Flying Saucer Review and NICAP have been operating since the 1950s, right under everyone's nose, pretending to be friendly public groups, but I think the information is going somewhere back backstage where um, it's all studied by, you know, scientists and government officials. Still and on, there is still an active, although every government will deny it, there is still an active ongoing pro- program into um, UFOs. In fact, the British government uh, shut down their UFO desk in 2009, um, and they started releasing files then. And about a couple of years ago, they stopped. But now, apparently, next year, 2015, the British government are going to start releasing UFO files again, which is really interesting. <clears throat> right, and... Uh... You know, the do you find uh, that the United States and the United Kingdom uh, are collaborating in any way with this information? Or as we find here in the United States, is that uh, America is genuinely just stonewalling all this? Um, <clears throat> I think there is a collaboration going on. Um, what we don't share is much information about what's going on behind the Iron Curtain or in Russia. Um information about UFOs in Russia and indeed China. I mean, everyone forgets about China as well. Uh, there's a lot of strange things been going on in Russia and China for years. I mean, there's in speculation with Russia and China have got their own versions of Area 51. I mean, what you've got to right. imagine, them, them countries are both, like America, like the North American cons- continent, there are areas which are literally thousands of square miles of land around them, which is unpopulated. So they can basically do whatever they want in these areas. And uh, no one's going to no know anything about it. I also think that the, um, the Pacific atolls out in the Pacific Ocean um, are being used as part of um, what I call an ongoing secret space program. But what that is, I don't know. But I do believe you- that there are... Hello? Are you talking about the Mal? Yeah, are you talking about the Malibu uh, uh, ocean up here? Uh, you know, it's just north of here. Um, yeah, what you're talking you know, about? The, 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 there's, there's islands in the Pacific Ocean, um, uh, right smack in the middle, where the U.S. used during the war for aids against Japan um, when they were fighting Japan, and. Uh, I still think a lot of them atolls are still in use today and perhaps have been expanded upon uh, as secret um, bases for, you know, we, we, we hear about the secret space program and people say there's no such thing. There is. When America launches a spy satellite, 
they're not going to tell you about it. Therefore, secret space program. Now, um, there's a level above that, which I think, um, you know, we've gone a lot further out into the solar system, manned flight than what NASA uh, allegedly said. I mean, what we've got to realize, it's nearly 70 years since they landed a man on the moon. And since then, we've done nothing but go round and round in circles in the space station, whether it be Skylab or the current ISS. Um, I think behind the scenes, we've done a lot further, but it, it's just proving that. At the end of the day, Charlene, I'm just a, a writer, researcher, you know, the most frustrating thing is I've got nothing to prove. I've got no evidence to prove any of this. All I can do is try and put the word out there and, you know, make people perhaps investigate this. Because you never right. see anything going on in the Pacific. I mean, I suppose no. uh, where that plane came down, MH730, that disappeared mysteriously um, over a vast stretch of water. Perhaps that was, you know, shot down or, you know, it's, it's a mystery. Like I said, you yeah, can't go um, this kind of stuff. Yeah, well, you know, I actually uh, live near the ocean, and uh, there I, I have had many sightings uh, right here, and also my ex and my niece saw a small UFO going down my alley along with I've seen B-2 bombers go straight down my alley and everything else. And so I've been reporting this for years, and actually because of the activity in this beach town on the Pacific you know, coast, that uh, yeah. I actually wrote my first letter to Harvard, and uh, but then I found out years later I become friends with Captain Robert Salas and his wife, and they were living the next town over, having the same experiences at the same time. I mean, we can corroborate exactly what happened to us, and it's such a small world because I originally met uh, Robert Salas out in New Mexico at the Roswell event, which is so yeah. strange. Yeah. And it turns out in the back, back in the past we were neighbors. It's just very right. uh, strange coincidences. So yeah, when you're yeah. talking, it's very secretive over here because I have brought it up even in, because I go to these support groups, you know, and I have brought it up. I said, you know, there's UFOs going over the ocean here and also, uh, you know, in broad daylight, you know, B-2 bombers, you know what they look like? I mean, they're they're a standout and they're loud. Not the, not uh, the UFOs aren't. The UFOs aren't at all. They're totally different. But the the B two bombers are going right overhead too, and I'm telling you, literally in back of my house down my alley, you know, just flying you know, straight overhead. South Wales was put on the map a few months ago. Um, we had the NATO summit down here, and uh, Obama was less than 50 miles away from where I live, and uh, a few B two B two bombers flew over then when they were. I, I've never seen so many aircraft in the air when uh, Obama was here. Uh, it was incredible to watch some of these aircraft I'd never seen and go over. Right. And they were one of these, uh, a fleet of these Osprey helicopters turned, uh, flew over one day, and I was expecting one of them to land and perhaps transform into a Decepticon because it looked like a, a scene out of a movie. It was really incredible to watch. Put on a good air show. Yeah, it's uh, there's something going on. There's some kind of uh, corroboration going on. There has to be, especially the you know let's let's go to the Rendlesham Forest. Of, I have talked to and interviewed Jim Tennyson, and uh, so that's a British and United Kingdom right and American 
kind of collaboration militarily. So there must be something going on. There has to be. Yeah, yeah. There is, um, you know, um, it's fascinating because there was an article on the news the other day. Um, somehow uh, a tape had been released um, with Margaret Thatcher, a former British Prime Minister, and Ronald Reagan talking about uh, the invasion of Grenada because um, it was a huge embarrassment for the Americans because Grenada is a Commonwealth country and you are <laughs> invading British so uh, soil. And I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to go too deep into it, but I co posted yeah. the link the other day and I'm pretty sure what Thatcher and Reagan would have both known at the time about the Rendlesham Forest incident. And I would have loved to be in a fly on the wall or a bug on the phone uh, listening to a conversation about that because they, I reckon they talked about it. Oh, it would be it would be really amazing. It really would. I mean, they say um, about you know who knows which leaders know and which leaders don't know. I mean, we you know the standard you know Churchill perhaps knew something. Truman definitely knew something because. You know, he was around when Roswell crashed, as well as Eisenhower. Uh, Kennedy might have known something. They perhaps, um, you know, bumped him off because he wanted disclosure. Uh, Nixon reportedly used to hold these dinner parties where um, he used to hand round photographs of aliens. Um, whether that's true or not, uh, someone messaged me about that a few months ago. Um, as for, you know, other predecessors, right up to Obama, I doubt if Obama knows anything. Uh, and I doubt if our current Prime Minister, um, David Cameron, knows anything. I mean, you know, they, they don't strike me as the people that would be in the know, you know, because they're, you know, they're very, um, as leaders, you know, to each the British people and the American people, they don't strike me as knowing anything uh, highly classified. Right. Why? Why don't you think Obama knows anything? Uh, <clears throat> I'm, just, I'm just wondering where is that coming from. I thought every president. Okay, this is what my impression is. Every president that comes in there is briefed, but well, you know, every briefed? president is briefed because you can imagine the first day in office. You know that you know your your Secretary of Defense or your group of generals sat around you. By the way, Mr. President, we are not alone in the universe. I don't think he's told that, but he's probably told in somewhere in, you know, like, by the way, Mr. President, you're going to get loads of emails from people wanting to know if uh, little green men are real. You know, he, I, I'm not mm -hmm. saying he's not, I'm, I'm not saying he's not aware of um, the UFO culture. He probably is. I think he's given a, a statement over Area 51. I think every president, every new, newish president over the last 20 years, has said something on UFOs, and Obama, I think, was it last year, said one of the first things he's asked when he goes into the White House by anything, anyone, is uh, they ask him what's going on at Area 51, find out. Um, yeah. I believe Bill Clinton, when he was visiting Northern Ireland, read out a letter from a young Irish boy, um, and Bill Clinton read this letter, and he said... Um, as far as I know, we have never recovered the remains of an alien spaceship. And um, I want to know. They didn't tell me. So, you know, they're aware of the UFO culture, you know, 
I'm sure David Cameron, our Prime Minister, has discussed it all of um, five minutes over, you know, over his first briefing of the Prime Minister. But um, as for whether they had the kind of knowledge that Truman or Eisenhower would have had, I very much doubt that. George Bush Sr., head of the CIA, was probably the last person who might have had extensive knowledge to regarding UFOs. I doubt if his um, son would have. Um, let's face it, George Bush Jr. was a complete idiot. <laughs> well, why, why do you think that this, to me, um, let's say, uh, when I realized that uh, our scientific uh, progress, uh, things were being kept from us that um, we could all benefit from, I, I can never forget the feeling of betrayal I had. What, why don't these presidents think that they're betraying us? by keeping this thing this profound away from us? Why do they think it's just, you know, a part of the game or whatever they're doing? Why, why don't they feel obligated? Oh, that's a good question, Shelley. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, everyone has secrets, you know, whether it be on a personal level, you know, I suppose the best answer for that can be is we're not telling you the truth because we're protecting you from the truth. You know, I've often asked myself, is the truth really that bad? Because yeah. I don't think it is, you know. And, you know, in the last, you know, we've got 21 minutes remaining now, and let me focus something now. Um, yes, go ahead. Are you, have, uh, are you familiar with the hacker, Gary McKinnon? The guy who hacked NASA and the NSA? Uh, just tell us about it. Uh, right, British hacker, Gary McKinnon. Um, hacked the NSA and NASA back in 2002, 2003, I think, which was after 9-11. And uh, he was caught red-handed. And for several years then, there was a tug-of-war going on to extradite into the USA. Gary McKinnon's excuse for hacking the NSA and NASA was that he was searching for evidence of a cover-up for UFOs he said he believed that there was a cover-up going on. NASA were constantly forever photoshopping images and uh, airbrushing images of aliens out of their satellite imagery and other imagery from the space shuttle and the, the space station. Now, <clears throat> I've got a theory that Gary McKinnon actually got off with what he did. And my theory is this. There is no way the U.S. government would have a man in court using UFOs as, de- as his defense because it would have brought UFOs into the public light. I mean, you know what then court trials go on like, uh, you know, you know what the court cases in America go on like, starting to get like that in the UK now. I was in, actually, when I went out to Area 51, I was in LA when they acquitted OJ Simpson uh, for the first time. And that court case, as you know, went on for about a year. And I don't think the government the government is still twitchy when it comes to UFOs. And I think Gary McKinnon is the only person over the last 30 years who has spoke to government about UFOs. But here's the thing. I don't think Gary McKinnon was interested in UFOs. He was told to use that as an excuse to get away with what he did. Because since his acquittal, since he's got off with what he did, you haven't seen him anywhere. He's disappeared off the grid. He's not been a champion or a cause. 
you know, I got away with it. The government is still covering up. Let's all band together. You just haven't heard from him since. Maybe, you know, who knows what they told him. He could have been threatened to uh, be quiet or maybe he's choosing just to do nothing and just uh, stay away from it all. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think behind the scenes, I mean, he's still alive. I, 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 I did track him down. He's working for a, a non-descriptive um, data company now. Um, but, I mean, he's still very much around. But I think behind the scenes, he was probably said, you know, he was told to use that as defence. And I think he was always also told, after you get off with this, shut your gob because you're really, really lucky you're not where Bradley Manning is now spending the next 50 years in prison. Yes. You know, we've we've had, um, over the last few years, Charlene, we've had um, so-called champions of the cause about the truth, releasing the truth. There's been Julian mm-hmm. Assange with WikiLeaks, WikiLeaks and there's been Edward Snowden. But in the long run, it has done them no good whatsoever because their weakness is money. They got hold of this information and they thought they could make a ton of money and now look where they are. Snowden is in exile in Russia and Julian Assange is in the Ecuadorian embassy in London and he's been there for over two years now. I mean, he's a virtual prisoner there. He can't leave. Uh, The minute he leaves, he's off to... um, I think he's wanted on allegations of um, sexual assault, but everyone knows there's an excuse. That's just an excuse to get the, the U.S. government to get their hands on him to find out yeah. how he got those. Um, well, Bradley Manning got given the files, but he's a very wanted man at the moment in information. So, you know, my advice to hackers out there: if you get hold of anything to do with UFOs, it'll blow the thing right open. Don't go to the newspapers. Just release it online. Because um, I've always always stated, every government in the world has said that UFOs don't exist. If you got hold of something which is totally mind-blowing, there is not a thing they can do about it because they can't do anything about information you release on something that allegedly, officially does not exist. So... You know, that's what I'm saying to all your listeners out there. If you've got grandfathers, fathers, uncles, which are in service, which are maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, at Roswell at the time, check out their attics or check out, you know, they might have found something. Because there's not a thing the government could do about it. I'm starting to lose my voice now, sorry. Yeah, <clears throat> I know. I just, uh, do you have any water or anything? No, I'm fine. I'm good. Okay, okay, good. And uh, I know because it's, it's late over there, well, early over there, too. And uh, yeah. that's a very interesting point that we don't have any excuse now. We can self-publish. We can go ahead and publish on the Internet, do whatever we want, start a talk show, go go do something. Just everybody has got to be active in whatever their area is and just disclose. I think that's how uh, keeping the Internet free, I know there's a lot of crazy stuff going on, but just think of how much we can have instant contact with every. You know, I'm still amazed that you know you're speaking with us from South Wales. I mean, to me, that's phenomenal. You know what I mean? I don't even know how this works. I know it works over some kind of a uh, the air somehow, but well, you it's, know, it's free. Really that's a good thing. <laughs> it's a free. It's free, <laughs> and yeah. we've got to maintain this freedom, and because people are, 
I guess wanting to control the internet, and I, I really like it just basically out of control. Just go ahead, you know, because the well, I believe in uh, you know the marketplace will tell if something doesn't work, then it'll stop working. You know, just like uh, everybody was over on MySpace and everybody just dropped it and moved over to Facebook when you know it would have been unheard of and anybody would just ditch MySpace and now people don't even know about it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And Facebook took over, and then Facebook, if they don't you know, keep making us happy, you know, everybody will go somewhere else. I think the MySpace thing didn't, within a year, everybody transferred over. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember when that happened, but uh, it does happen, and we do have the, the freedom, the liberty to do what we want. Yeah. Um, you know what? Um, with regards to Facebook, Facebook isn't uh, the, the free information we assume it is. Because whenever I I don't know what it's like when you post on Facebook, um, Facebook restricts you from uh, viewing people from reviewing, you know, viewing what you post unless you actually physically go on someone's page and look what they've been posting over yeah. the last days. You can't usually see what uh, uh, people post. I mean, I yeah, post there is things. stuff like that going on. I mean, Facebook is. Is, is another form of control. I mean, I've often said that um, they they um, they corral everyone in, and you know, perhaps the powers of be are, are listening to this show. You know, and uh, because I've yet to be contacted with anyone by anyone. You know, we were talking about people being nasty online, and the good yeah. thing about what I'm doing, uh, I've heard a lot of. You're obviously familiar with um, Alex Jones. He's forever being told he's being threatened by the government and this and that and the other. I have yet to encounter any sinister people threatening me. Like, you know, no one's had a go at me over the last few years, you know. Nobody mysterious has, you know, but then again, I get followed by the men in black and all kinds of bizarre things, so I don't think that's that's what they're trying to do to me, but uh, I do know that, um, you know, it seems like a lot of our people are passing away. I didn't really want to bring that up, but what, uh, now that I just blurted it out, what do you think about uh, a lot of people of the paranormal and the ufology are actually passing? <clears throat> what do you think about um, that? Well, uh, it's very interesting. I'll tell you um, a journalist who was around in the 1950s, uh, you can look her up. Her name's Dorothy Kilgallen. And she was an American journalist, and she wrote a couple of articles about UFOs in the 1950s. She was actually based in the UK, and um, she found out something very interesting about um, uh, Prince Philip's uh, Prince um, Philip's uncle, yes, called uh, Lord Mountbatten. Uh, he was killed by the IRA in 1978. And... Um, Back then, there were a load of um, there were a load of people interested in the UFO phenomenon, and um, this Dorothy Kilgallen used to write these articles on UFOs. And in the 1960s, she was promised an interview with Jack Ruby, who shot Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, but she never made it to that interview because she was found dead in a New York apartment uh, block uh, of suspected overdose. Wow. 
Um, it's very fascinating stuff. Um, I'll send you the I'll send you the link now. It's um, it's you know, like I said, if you if you um, if you uh, scratch beneath the surface, it, it, it's amazing what you find. Um, it's amazing what you find. It really is. Yeah, it really is because if you scratch one surface of one subject, you know, it leads to the other subject, leads to the other subject, you know. And I had, you know, in mind too, and I was, uh, you know, about this whole subject. We've had so many, so many uh, personal witnesses. And uh, remember uh, the Africa thing where all the 62 children saw the uh, the landings and stuff like that. That continually fascinates me. And it tells me this is true, and along with my own witnesses. But, you know, people doubt themselves. You know, we're human, and we doubt what are seeing because it's not like uh, some things have started happening in broad daylight, you know. But <clears throat> I think that we're all uh, endlessly fascinated with the subject, and uh, it keeps uh, we keep getting driven forward or, or, or uh, the 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 stuff of the topic, it just resonates with us, so we keep on with it, but um, to me, it's, uh, it is, like I said, like it's more of a discovering, I'm, uh, my fear factor has gone down tremendously, and also my, if somebody told me, told me now I had to shut up or else, I would just think, go ahead and kill me, I don't care, you know yeah. what I mean, because if we can't tell the truth and be ourselves, what the hell are we doing here on this planet, Let's yeah, so yeah, you know, I've often joked, you know, and you just mentioned the men in black, and I've, I've often said to people, I wish you'd come and visit me, you know, and maybe we could sit down, chat. Me and Will could do the fresh beats wrapped together, and yeah. I could talk to Tommy about his uh, career. Um, yeah, uh, you know, men in black is another fascinating area uh, because there's been many encounters with them over, not just over the 20th century, but you know, dating back hundreds of years. You know, yeah. if you go back, you know, the many black legend does go uh, quite back a bit, uh, you know, a few hundred years. I mean, whether the Vatican sent out people to um, silence people who said they'd seen uh, uh, stuff. I mean, I, I'm a supporter of the Vatican have been covering up UFOs for centuries, you know, and... Uh, in the olden days, all they had to do was burn someone at the stake if they didn't, uh, uh, you know, jump in line. Yeah, you know, uh, we have a couple of questions for because we're all of a sudden running out of time now. Uh, yeah, we have a couple minutes. questions. Do you okay from Glenn Speck? Do you do you think that ATs live among us? And then the next one is, uh, what is required to shut down the matrix? Uh, right, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I clarify uh, that, Dream Master, clarify yourself. But the other one, do you think they live among us? Um, I think it's possible. I, there are scientists that have come forward and said, um, you know, uh, it's possible that there are aliens living in among us, disguised as us. You know, I think it's entirely plausible. Um but harking back to the beginning of our interview, you know, reptilians and things like that, you know, I think is, um, you know, uh, come from the TV series V. And as for that guy going on about the Matrix, I think he's been listening to David Icke too much. Uh, Uh-oh. And da- I don't David, know Icke, David 
David Icke is one. David Icke is one of these people which has actually done more damage to the UFO culture than helped it along. Um, you know, with some of his theories. I mean, he was the one. He was one of the main supporters of the reptilian theory and the royal family reptilians and all this. But he's got at the end of the day, he's got no proof. I mean, he's what I call a, a UFO evangelist. You know, who who wants to draw upon his followers and, you know, expects people, you know, to buy his books and to watch his lectures. He's taken um he's taken a back seat lately. You haven't heard anything from him in him in a while. Okay. Um, let's see, uh yeah. I I'm just waiting for clarification. Okay, what I wanna do is you tell us uh uh, where your um, where we can get your books and tell us about your books and where we can get a hold of you and your blog site and everything. Tell us all your information. Uh, well, you can get all of my books at Amazon.com. Uh, they're also available on uh, uh, Bar- uh, the, the the major bookstore in um, the U.S. So it's gone out of my head now. Uh, we've got Waterstones over here. You've got um, Barnes and Wallace or something over there. Um, Barnes yeah, and Noble. Yeah, it, it, it's available on Amazon. You can get the Angel Committee and the Angel Con- Conspiracy from Amazon. Both available on paperback and digital format. My short story series is available on Amazon. Um, you can get that in digital format only. And you can find me on Facebook. Uh, just type in Jason Chapman and you'll see that little black and white image of the UFO, uh, the flying saucer, and just click on uh, follow or click on friend requests and I'll be happy to talk to you. I've just had to clear out my Facebook account last year because I was friends with 5,000 people and about 4,500 of them were from South America who didn't speak a word of English, so I unfriend them. Because that's my posts were going nowhere. That's the trouble with Facebook. You think yeah. your posts are going everywhere, but yeah, you can get the angel. Yeah, that's, that's true. You really, I think they want you to invest uh, a little more money in a post that you want to uh, uh, stand out. You know, you have to give them a little money or something. But if they're going to be doing all that, you know, they should make this help everybody business-wise. If that's the way they're going to do it. Yeah, well, yeah, about, yeah. You know what I mean? Why don't they just help the entrepreneur then, if if that's the way they feel about it? You know, just help everybody push forward. You know, so I hope the brainiacs that be over there will will start kind of helping people more than just yeah. trying to get money out of everybody for whatever reason. Because I think he's made plenty of money. Just start helping the entrepreneurs and people that are going off on their own. That would be a beautiful thing because you know everybody's yeah. using it. You know, a lot of people are using us. Yeah, uh, I wasted a lot of money on Facebook last year because, you know, for anyone out there, any of your listeners who advertise on Facebook who pay money, uh, I say stop now because Facebook used click farms where people are just paid to click on likes. So you think you're getting a lot of likes and you're going to get a lot of business your way, but it it, it doesn't happen, you know. Uh, yeah, there, there has to be a solid way of doing this because I think retail is real big, you know, people selling... Uh, retail or you know home uh, home things for the home and uh, stuff like that you know and it was just it's just for the intellectual stuff and the books and all that 
there's a, you know, I started a book club, and I have featured your book in the Paranormal Sacred Book Club. And, uh, you know, it's because we, we really need You're to feed good the read. people that are, yay, that we read, that we want to feed the people that are doing the writing and everything else, you know. Yeah. You're getting yeah, work done, you're you, getting it down. Yeah, I see you on Facebook, but uh, Goodreads is another good um, way of um, yeah, good plugging reads. your, and also the Kindle boards and um, what pages. There's a lot of ways out there to... Um, you know, if if there are anybody writers out there, don't just stick to Facebook. And you know yeah, what, Charlotte, shows there. like shows like these are good as well because you. you do tend to reach uh, a, a far-reaching audience as well. Oh yeah, you know, I've had people that are listening from Egypt and uh, India and South America, and you know, they're I can see them. They're on the phone. They call in from wherever they can Skype. Well, they Skype, but they do whatever to get in. And that's why I love the the free radio system. I just think it's awesome, and you know we're so we're so lucky, really, that we have as much as we do, you know. And uh, I'm I'm really, you know, happy that you were on, Jason, and that we met. And uh, I love your books, and just just keep doing what you're doing, you know, because we we need you, you know, because you're actually putting in uh, book form your investigation. Because I, I actually knew that you were actually talking about real people, but you know, I always yeah. I know. So you just well, yeah, of, I mean, uh, you know, it's all about getting the word out there, and I've got a very busy year next year, so, you know, uh, there's going to be more books, more short stories, you know, and hopefully, you know, as you said, you're in California, if Mr. Spielberg is listening, give me, a, so. give me a call, or I know, someone I hope knows so. if he's listening. Great. <laughs> oh, you know, and I, I have, yeah, we got one minute 30 left. Yeah. Okay, Is there so, anything you would uh, like to ask me before we go? Uh, no, uh, we just got about a second left, so I really want to tell you uh, good luck in all your endeavors. It's been a, very, a great pleasure speaking with you, and uh, thank you for being on with us tonight. And I know that you're like 4 in the morning over there, so get some sleep, and God bless you, and, and Godspeed and everything you're doing. Thank you for having me on, and I'm hoping we can do this again next year. We next will. Year. Next year, let's just do it again. Take care. Yeah, okay then. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, so we were just amazing, uh, the magic of radio that uh, we were able to talk to uh, Jason Chapman, get his books. Uh, we were talking to him live from South Wales. And it's, uh, gosh, coming up next week is Jeannie, author Jeannie Callahan. And uh, she's uh, talking to us about her book, uh, Disguise of Blessing. She's been on Dr. Phil and everything else. But what happened is, she thought her husband was a Wall Street broker, but and as a matter of fact, he was a bank robber. Uh, and uh, she's going to talk about her life and her how she overcame this whole thing. And we'll see you next week. And I want to thank everybody uh, that called in and who are listening and everybody in chat. You're the most amazing people I know. And I want to God bless you all and happy trails to you and love you very, very much. And see you next week. And we'll be there at the same time, same station. God bless you all. Good night. Take care. Bye-bye.